The Sea Change Podcast is sponsored by Changing Greatly Consulting, providing effective, data-driven talent and culture solutions that attracts top, diverse talent by creating psychologically safe and inclusive, high-performance cultures. Come for the talent and stay for the culture. Now, let's get into The Sea Change. Welcome to The Sea Change Show, where leaders are changing business culture for good. I'm your host, Mara Barclay. If you are a new listener, thank you so much for finding us and you did not find us by accident. Please take a moment to hit that plus sign, hit subscribe. Seriously, I am always amazed at the caliber of people who say yes to this show. I mean, it's incredible. You're not gonna wanna miss a single episode. And if you are a frequent flyer, thank you so much for coming back week after week and sharing us with your friends. It is because of you that this podcast has now been ranked in the top 5% of business podcasts worldwide. And I thank you for that. Today, I want to highlight Tracy Shirk's episode. She's now going by Tracy Austin. And the original air date is uh, was Thursday, June 29th. And she was episode 58. And we talked a lot about how there's this disconnect at the senior leadership level between understanding the the real high impact tr- transformational role of human resources in an organization and the transactional side of human resources and that they seem to be speaking a different language and that's one of the reasons that the executives can't get their arms around how HR is going to help them hit their objectives and uh, make their numbers. I mean, at the end of the day, this is how I approach it in my, in my role. I feel like uh, I'm Switzerland in a way because I see how much the executives need the workforce to be engaged and working at their highest capability, not just their highest capacity, but their highest capability. And that is a very specific environment, especially when you're in an innovation startup. And the uh, the team needs their, their workforce to show up and be amazing and, and be the skilled rock stars that they hired. So that's the that is the way in which i want to represent the interests of the executives to the workforce because i really want them to be involved and i want to give that discretionary effort i want them to be really focused on the mission and how they have a significant and important impact on that mission and how we reward that impact and all these things this is all transformational hr we're talking about now and on the workforce side I really want to help them understand and represent the interests of the executives to the workforce. So I I want to, you know, I I kind of lead with, listen, we we all want to keep getting paychecks. So we need to make sure that we're giving the executives everything that they need in order to move the strategy forward. And when I put it like that, they all kind of get it. (laughs) And when I'm talking to the executives and I say, listen, this is what the workforce needs in order to remain engaged. They need the flexibility. They they need these uh, engagement points so that they feel like they're part of the team and um, 
they feel like they're being compensated fairly for the amount of discretionary effort that they're putting towards your strategy. So when I represent it, when I represent the workforce to the executives in this way, they seem to understand. So I I think, of course, there, there are two very distinct functions of HR. And it began back in the day, the personnel department, it's all about processing payroll and and handling all the transactional pieces of uh, a workforce. And it has evolved enormously. And I, I believe there needs to be a different, either a different title or a very clearly differentiated credential or something like that, because the the work style is is entirely different. And the competencies and skill set needed for transformational HR versus transactional HR are completely different. This notion of of getting one HR person who's going to do all your payroll, your benefits, your risk management, do all of this detailed process work, and then be able to show up and lead like some sort of, you know, (laughs) like the tip of the spear, come on, everybody over the hill. You're not going to get that in one person where it, it, let's just say that it's rare. It's extremely rare. Um, and then of course they're the kind of people who like process and procedure and are very detail oriented are not necessarily people who want to build that from nothing. That's very uncomfortable. There's a little bit of risk and creativity and, and some people are really into the strategy of the procedure and some people just want to handle the details, just flawlessly handle the details. Can you hear the difference in the skill sets? And then when you're building culture, it is about values and it's about mapping values to behaviors and then solving for the human element in the dynamic behavior equation. I, I, I mean, I, I love it. I don't know if you can hear my passion about it. Um, but luckily I have someone, my, my direct report is someone who is an absolute ninja at the details, a complete Jedi when it comes to comp and compliance and risk management and work and workman's comp and leave and all the different crazy onerous <laughs> federal state and local laws that we have which are important don't get me wrong i say onerous just because it's a, it's a it's a volume of information so one thing that i wanted to to bring up is what's happening and uh, what I what I mean by what's happening is what what's happening legislatively and what's happening with boards. And you know, Tracy talked about talked a lot about in her episode the disconnect and how to reconnect and and how to bring the two disparate, seemingly disparate HR definitions and HR sort of optics to the senior leadership. And I wanted to kind of up the ante a little bit because, it's not just a matter of, I mean, a workforce optimization is the key to moving uh, moving all of the needles in the direction you want them to go. I mean, it, it is workforce, that's it. Um, it. When I was working in the film and television industry, we used to have like this, this fun little battle where uh, the camera department, because they always felt, uh, at least on the, the movies that I worked on uh, below the line, as we say, where I worked as a unit production manager and uh, and on a couple of films, I worked as a line producer. And the there was a theme, the camera department. Uh, the DP was always notoriously 
a, a D, the diva on set, like never mind the actors. It was the the director of photography who it's it's a certain kind of personality that attracts um, apparently DPs and they're they are artists and you don't mess with their art, you don't mess with their light, you get out of the way and let them do their art. And of course, they're gonna need all of the the best things in order to accomplish this. And I remember hearing the camera crew and the DP and the camera crew, of course, are very tight. And uh, the camera crew said, without us, it's theater. And I was like, okay, okay, well played. But without actors, you got nothing. There's nothing to film. So it, it was kind of about the interrelatedness and interdependence of everybody. And there's this 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 in absolutely outrageous asymmetry of the dependence on the workforce of their leadership and then the leadership feeling very not dependent on the workforce and that is changing uh thank you covid for that and one thing that has also started to change are human capital reporting requirements now granted this is not something that is uh, required. These are guidelines now. However, uh, given what just happened in, De in Delaware with the with the law that passed stating that the executives are responsible for toxic work culture and any monetary penalties that come from that tox toxic work culture, for example, harassment, if if they did not handle it and it was reported, they're going to be held responsible, particularly when it causes a PR problem and it, and it tanks stock prices. That is an enormous consequence of bad culture, of unhealthy culture. And executives now are becoming more and more accountable for it. Another thing that's happened that's really interesting is in 2020, the SEC uh, voted three to two to adopt a new data reporting requirement for US public companies. And actually earlier in 2019, the ISO issued a new guideline. It's uh, ISO 30414, if you haven't heard of it. And it is 10 HR areas that, in, that are organizational culture, recruitment, turnover, productivity, health, safety, and leadership. This is a guideline, but I'll tell you, you know, it's, it doesn't take much for a guideline to become required criteria for public companies. So the 10 areas are compliance, which is, you know, transactional HR, uh, costs, workforce costs, uh, human capital uh, spending, diversity. This is all part of the guidelines. These are all coming. The ISO wants company publicly held companies to start reporting on this in a very specific way leadership, occupational safety, health and safety, organizational culture, recruitment, mobility, and turnover. That's that's one guideline. And um, employee bench strength, which they're defining as turnover rate. Uh, in addition to that, skills and capabilities and workforce availability, you know, absenteeism, uh, number of employees, things like this. And this is new. This is, this is 2019. This is all just before COVID. And this has become, boards are paying attention um, to the tune of in 2005, from, 20, from 2005 to 2017, the number of HR executives on US public company boards has almost tripled. 
from 84 to a record 243. That is significant. And if you're not paying attention to that, you need to be. This is something, this is a movement within the greater leadership of publicly traded companies that are recognizing the strategic value of human resource professionals. In fact, uh, some of these board members are actually collaborating. They're coming out of the boardroom and onto the floor, so to speak, and collaborating with HR to make sure that these, these 10 criteria, in addition to uh, culture considerations, are being managed well. Culture is transformational HR. And there is a distinct need to, I believe, uh, develop and operationalize this particular aspect of HR so that executives can understand the impact that it has to the organization and get behind it. And I mean, the reason that this is so slow going, among other things, is that, you know, Wharton does not have a culture program that you can get an MBA in. This is all uh, relatively new. It is being, I would say it is being uh, categorized in a more metric-based way. It is becoming more data-driven. And because now we can assign metrics and measure transformational human resource initiatives like culture, now we're getting somewhere because everybody in the executive leadership wants to hear you tell your story with data. So I really wanted to call call attention to in Tracy's episode this notion of speaking two different languages and and recognizing the need to differentiate the human resources professionals that are operating in the transformational space which is what I do. And thank goodness I have someone in the transactional space because they, I, I can't, I would get mired in the details and I wouldn't be able to pay attention to the strategic aspects of my work. So, and that comes, and that's comp strategy as well. And I, and I think that might be the golden ticket is helping executives see the strategic value of titles and salary bands and job leveling and all these things. So those are all strategic choices that make a huge impact to the bottom line. Given that human capital is always the largest expense in every single business, wouldn't you want to optimize that workforce and engage them so that you are getting the highest ROI out of that investment? And if you think you're going to do it through transactional HR, I believe you are missing an opportunity. That is my little soapbox. And thank you, Tracy, for Tracy Austin, for opening that, uh, opening that wide up so we could have that discussion. And appreciate you coming. I'll look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Sea Change Show. We sure appreciate you stopping by and taking your very valuable time to visit with us. Please remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Who knows what's going to happen? I never do. It's always up in the air. And if you would like to be a guest, if you have something to offer, I would love to talk to you. Please email me at cultureworks 
at morabarclay.com. And that's M-A-U-R-A-B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com. I would love to talk with you. And if you have someone who you think would be a good fit for this show, please reach out to me and connect me. I want to keep celebrating and amplifying as many of these voices as possible. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.